Well, you ready for a word before we minister to the sick? Yeah. All right. Uh, if you have a Bible, um, then you could go ahead and find the book of 1 John. And we'll get to that in a little bit. 1 John, that's, you know, little John. <laughs> Same John as the other John, but he wrote three small books that are at the back of the Bible right before yeah, well, right before Jude, and then Revelation, and John wrote Le Revelation too. Uh, but you can just find that place and hold on to it. First John chapter three, and then, uh, and then I want to talk to you about a, a few things before we before we do this, because uh, when it comes to healing, um, healing belongs to every child of God. Okay, I, what I mean by that is is it belongs to them. Okay, uh, let me say that a different way. It belongs to you. <laughs> it, it's not something, if you're a child of God, it's not something that you should be trying to acquire as if it doesn't belong to you and you're trying to get it, trying to get God to give it to you. You're trying to convince Him to do something for you that He doesn't really want to do or you're not sure if He wants to do it. Uh, no, the reality when it comes to healing is it already belongs to every child of God. So wh why do you say that? Uh, well, because it was purchased for us um, by Jesus through his substitutionary sufferings. All right. I mean, no, Jesus didn't suffer for himself. He wasn't paying a price for himself. He was suffering for me. He was suffering for you. All right. Suffering the consequence of sin. Part of that is sickness and disease. It's a curse. And Jesus came to relieve us of that curse. Even, uh, you know, I say for the believer, for the child of God, for the saved person, it belongs to us already. It is, present tense, your possession. Okay? Uh, say, well, what about the unbeliever? What, what, about, what about those here who have not yet received salvation? They're not received forgiveness of sins. Well, in reality, Jesus suffered for their salvation too. Uh, uh, you could say it this way. Salvation, in one sense, belongs to everyone on the planet. Meaning, when I say it belongs to them, they have a right to it. They have access to it. Jesus provided it. He suffered. He died so that every person could be saved. And salvation, in the, in the salvation package, all that Jesus suffered and died for is healing. So, in that sense, you could say even unbelievers, even people who don't know the Lord, they have access to healing. Again, why? Because Jesus already paid for it. He already purchased this redemptive blessing. And so uh, the language of Scripture, you know, uh, it's in Matthew 8, 17. It, it, it uses the language that Jesus took our infirmities. He took them. What, what, what does that mean? He took them. Well, that it just means He took them upon Himself so we wouldn't have to take them upon ourselves. All right. He took them so we wouldn't have to take them. And there is absolutely no need for both of us to do this. Yeah. I mean, it's a total waste if you suffer and Jesus suffered. Amen. I'm talking about from sickness and disease. Yeah. What a waste. What a tragedy that he took it and then we take it too. Someone's being lied to. Someone's being duped. Yeah. Amen. We know that as Americans that we get lied to a lot. Right. Because there's a lot of crooked people. Some of them in power. But the devil is the chief crooked person. And he lies to people all day long so that the 
The children of God live outside of God's promises, outside of his blessings, outside of the fullness of what Jesus came to do. And so there's no need for both of us to carry the same curse. Think about it. Uh, for anyone uh, to go to hell is totally unnecessary. Absolutely 100% unnecessary for anyone to go to hell. Well, why is that? Well, because Jesus died for the sins of the world. Jesus paid for the thing that's putting them there. Jesus removed the, the, the punishment, the condemnation uh, that would send anyone away from God forever. So it's totally a waste that anyone would ever do that. Yet, you know, some do miss out. And it's, it's a tragic, tragic thing for that to be the case. It's, it's kind of like... Um, you know, have you, have you ever had an uh, opportunity to go to maybe a sporting event or, you know, a ticketed event or some kind of show and someone bought tickets or you bought tickets and, 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 and you, they were left for you and they have that little window called uh, the will call? I don't know why they call it that. I should have looked that up. <laughs> anyway, I don't know who Will is, <laughs> but... Uh, Mr. Call, uh, he's got that little window. We'll call. See, so you could uh, you could have somebody provided a ticket for you or something, and they left it for you at the at the will call, and you could go there and sit in your car or go sit on the sidewalk and think they won't let me into this event, they won't let me into this arena. I can't get in. Why why, why can't I I get? Why won't they let me in? Well, they will let you in if you go over and pick up your ticket. Right, And that's just the simple qualification. Get your ticket, you can go right on in. But if you f refuse to go over or don't know about it or something, you don't go over to the will call and get your ticket, you can't get in. Right. Yeah. yeah. Likewise, the Lord has provided through his death, through his you know, sufferings, through his resurrection, he has provided healing, salvation, healing for all people. But how many know we have to go over and get it? Right. Yeah. yeah, we can sit on the curb all day long and say, I don't understand why the Lord doesn't heal me. I don't understand why the Lord won't let me in. Why is the Lord not blessing me? Why do he answer some people's prayers and not other people? Go over and get what belongs to you and go right on in. That's the, that's the short end. That's the simple, simplistic uh, answer to, uh, to a lot of these questions that people have. Um, Christians now, uh, because I'm saying it this way, it belongs to us. Believers don't really need others to pray for them. Hallelujah, hallelujah. <laughs> if you're a new believer and, or not a believer yet, uh, I understand you might have never even heard something like that. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's not correct, though, for people who have been saved for a long time or have you know, continued in their walk and relationship with God for a long time to still be dependent on the prayers of others to get their healing. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Glory to God. Amen. <laughs> in other words, we should develop in our relationship, walk with God, our faith towards God, our knowledge of redemption to the point where we can access all these things personally. Because at some point, how many know there's not going to be someone else around? And the Lord does expect us to grow at the same time. We're not supposed to remain in a babyhood state of Christianity for 10 years. Huh? 
If you're still carrying your 10-year-old around in that little carrier, that little baby carrier, you know, with the little crooked handle, and I used to carry them like this, you know, up in my, you know, or still putting them in the, 10 years old, it's time to get out and walk yourself, right? When it comes to spiritual matters, we ought to grow, but if we're always dependent on the prayers of others, it, it might just be someone needs to say, why don't you do your own praying? What, you have your own walk with God. Come on, why don't you access that? Why don't you stand? Why don't you speak the word? Why don't you access what you know is yours? Now, now, one of the problems is some people in this area, they may be knowledgeable and more mature in other areas, but when it comes to things like healing, they've never been taught. All right? And that's the case with many Christians. It's not like they're just absolute babies across the board, spiritual babies, but they've never been taught about this thing. In fact, they've been taught the opposite. Some have taught, yeah, because God doesn't do that anymore. God heals today through doctors or something like that. That's not, a, that's not a verse. Jesus never taught that. Paul never taught that. Timothy never taught that. Well, we don't have a letter from Timothy, but to Timothy. James never taught that. Peter never taught that, right? All these guys, who, they didn't teach those things. And so if churches are teaching what the scriptures don't teach, we ought to question that. Amen. It's okay to ask for chapters and verses for books. It's okay to ask, where is that found? It's okay to ask that question here. Just not in the middle of my message. <laughs> Though I'd be happy to. You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna know what I'm saying. I'm, I'm talking to mature people. Once you know, uh, you know the things that the Lord has provided for you, well, you've got a basis for doing this. But it is important from that point to start using what you have. How many know it's... it's, it's some people remain dependent on the faith of others because no one ever makes them. No one ever, you know, in a loving, caring way gets in their business and say, why don't you do this yourself? Why are you still waiting for someone else to pray for you? That might be an odd thing to say at a healing service, but, <laughs> but this, <laughs> I don't mean we won't pray. We'll pray for anyone who wants prayer, but I'm saying a lot of times people, they're just too dependent on others. And it's like, why don't you believe God? Because you know this belongs to you. Amen. Amen. Well, it's it's kind of like uh, if you're seeking direction, if you're a mature believer, you're not waiting for someone to prophesy to you. Though if they do, you know how to receive that and appreciate that. But you're not waiting for someone else to say, the Lord's called you, the Lord's doing, the Lord wants you to do, because you can hear from God yourself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you ought to hear from God. I ought to hear from God for myself. Now, if he uses you to speak to me, I know how to receive that. I, I can receive that. But I'm not going to act like a two-year-old spiritually because I've been saved too long. Amen. Hallelujah. I didn't plan to say some of this, but I'm just saying it anyway since you're here and I'm here and, and we're believing God to speak. Amen. Amen. But when it comes to healing, again, it belongs to, to everyone. And uh, that doesn't mean the methods of laying out of hands and prayer of faith and you know those kind of, it doesn't mean they won't work for everybody those those methods those principles still work it's a it's a spiritual practice you you connect those spiritual laws it'll still work for everyone but i'm saying there are also other methods by which all people can walk in this and not have to wait for a healing service Amen. Amen. let me say it this way there's a bunch of us who should be Focusing all of our healing knowledge and faith on helping other people. Yeah, right. yeah. Lost people and baby Christians. 
instead of I've been saved for 20 years and I'm still needing everybody to pray for me. I'm not talking about prayer in all ways. We all, I appreciate prayers from everybody and, and all that. We all support each other in, in that way. I'm just talking about this specific area. Yeah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, the power of God is present. All right, healing is here. Someone just has to activate it. Everybody with me? Yeah. Many don't know how to do the, this. They don't know how to do these things. They don't know that they're available. And they live as if they don't exist. But they, they do exist. Healing and God's power exists full time. It's always on. It's just in the spirit. And that's why some don't know it's here. That's why some don't know they can access it. They don't, they don't know uh, help is available at all times. It's kind of like radio waves. You know, radio waves are going through the building right now. Right. If you had a receiver, you know, and a speaker, you could turn in, tune in to the local radio stations. Or, or if you had the right equipment, transmit out. Right? And you could use the signals that are here, but because we don't have that, uh, what's, what's happening is, uh, well, the different stations, the different radio stations, AM and FM that are in the area that are broadcasting, they're broadcasting, but we don't hear them. Right? That doesn't mean those signals aren't coming through here. Right? They are, but you just have to uh, tune into the right frequency to access these signals. Likewise, the power of God is unseen and often unfelt. Uh, that doesn't mean it's here. We just need to tap into that healing flow by faith. Amen. But here's the, here's, the, here's the belief and here's the expectation. That, that healing signal is flowing through the building. Yes. Okay, it goes through your home, it's in your car. It's, you're always in range, yes. right? Not like an AM station, you know, we go through the car wash and it goes, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> the Lord broadcasts on FM, I think. And you can pick it up anywhere. That signal is coming through. And we're going to tap into it tonight. And you're going to watch what is invisible all of a sudden come into the physical world. And it'll change your body. It'll, it'll, it'll drive out sickness and disease and, and tumors and problems. And it'll just make this stuff go away. All we're going to do is, is tune in. All right? And we're going to access these things by faith. Now, uh, the authorization of believers is a key revelation for us to enjoy and experience victory in this life. It's one of the biggest. The fact that we have been authorized. It is, I'm not talking about pastoral authority or the authority of a prophet or some type of special, you know, ministry gift. I'm talking about the right to rule that belongs to all believers, okay? This is something that uh, we have to understand. We have the right to rule over the powers of darkness, to exercise dominion over Satan and all that he does. So what, what does that mean? Well, that, that's, that's talking about sin and sickness and, and you know, and death and, and, and poverty, and everything that's evil, everything that's dark, everything that's a curse. How many know uh, sickness is just death in its infancy? If sickness is not halted in some way, it ends up producing death. Okay? So even on a, 
you know, on a, on a, a light level, if someone had a headache, you could say that's death working in them. Now, maybe that's not terminal, usually, <laughs> right? But sickness, if it has its full manifestation and comes to an end, it manifests in death, all right? It is, it is how the enemy works. It is contrary to the ways of God. And so we want to uh, stop these things from working in us. You, you think about it, uh, you know, the body, you can see how it was created, that it was designed to live, that God created us to live. Even when sickness or disease attaches itself or attacks your body, how, whatever the origin was, your body immediately goes to work to battle it, right? God didn't make us to be sick. He didn't make us subject to it. Your body will fight against it, you know? If you have minor injuries like a cut or something, if you cut your hand, you know, like a year ago, how many know it's not still there? You know, if it was a severe cut, you might have a scar or something, but your body is working to fight off these things. That's the way that God wants it, the way that he is. Of course, when death is so extreme and it, it you know, it sometimes overcomes the physical body without an intervention of faith that accesses God's life. Okay. Uh, I want to read First John. Did you find that? First John chapter 3. Notice with me in verse 8, 1 John 3, 8. It reads, He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. All right, so why did Jesus come? There are multiple answers to that question. But one, one of those answers is Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Okay. Was he successful? So could we say the devil's works are destroyed? Yeah. See any of them around? <laughs> I'm not tricking you. I'm just making you think. All right. Listen, look at this verse, uh, same verse from the Amplified Bible. It reads, but he who commits sin, who practices evil doing, is of the devil, takes his character from the evil one. For the devil has sinned, violated divine law from the beginning. The reason the Son of God was made manifest, visible, was to undo, destroy, loosen, and dissolve the works of the devil, has, the works the devil has done. Everybody say destroy, destroy. Loosen, loosen, dissolve, dissolve. Undo. undo. Yeah. So was Jesus successful at that? Yes. Yeah. What, what did Satan do that Jesus undid? Undoed. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, many things, but he, 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 he stole the authority that God delegated to Adam and Eve in the beginning. He, he, he took the place that didn't rightfully belong to him. Jesus undid that. All right. He came to, I mean, sickness and disease and many of these things we've mentioned are all a part of Satan's work. Okay. Bondage and destruction and mental oppression. All these things are of the devil that Jesus came to undo. All right. 
If Jesus did this, someone might wonder, well, why are people still suffering from the works of the devil? If he destroyed the works, he undid them, he loosened them, why are people still suffering from the devil's works? I could also ask, why do people still sin? Why do people go to hell? God did his part. And here's the kicker. Now we must enforce what he did. Everything that the Lord gives, the Lord provides and makes available, still has to be taken up. I mean, it, it'll probably be this way forever. You go even back before sin entered the earth in the Garden of Eden. God, God gave Adam and Eve this wonderful garden, but they still had to go get the fruit off the tree. I'm talking to the good trees, you know, most of them. They still had to take and use what God gave them. There was no opposition to that. But even after the fall and then after Jesus destroyed the works of the devil, meaning he undid that atrocious work, there is still now a responsibility for those who have been given the right to healing and all of God's blessings to reach out and take them. Okay? We must enforce this victory. This is what my, this subject is what my book authorized is all about. Okay? It's about us knowing what God has given us and learning to take hold of that victory. Okay? Again, when sickness and sin and bondage and destruction and mental oppression all, you know, poke up their ugly head, someone, not God, has to pound it back down. Why, why, why not God? Why is it not up to God? Because Jesus already undid the works of the devil. In other words, he stripped Satan of his right to enforce those problems in the lives of God's people. Jesus took the right of Satan away. He doesn't have that right to do that anymore. He'll get away with it because he's a dirty dog, liar, trickster, deceiver, right? He'll, he'll break the law unless someone stops him, right? I mean, isn't that what a thief would do? Does a thief see, you know, an opportunity to take someone else's possessions or money and, and, and he, could know, he could get away with it? No one's looking. He could just take it. Uh, would the thief say, oh, wait a minute, though, but that's against the law. <laughs> no, well, if he was that kind of person, he was not, he's not, that person's not a thief. They're a person of honor and integrity and so forth. But because they're a thief, they say, I'm taking this. The only way they're going to not is if someone shows up and say, hey, buddy, what are you doing? That's not yours. You put that back. Okay. That's the way that Satan is. It's the way the thief is. And he will steal your health. He will cause you to live a limited life if you let him. But if you realize, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on a minute. No, 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 no. You were defeated. No. Jesus destroyed. He undid what you did, Satan. And so I'm not going to allow this. I'm not going to. You can't take my health. You can't steal this bodily function. You, you can't take my life early. No, you cannot do that. Absolutely not. Who are you? How'd you get in here anyway? 
You put that back. Say, can we do that? See, you understand the average Christian in our day knows nothing about that. Whenever there's a problem, they say, help to the Lord. Say, well, what's wrong with that? Well, because Jesus already helped. I don't mean it's wrong to say, help God or Lord, help me. But some don't realize the response that God is going to give them is not by coming back here to destroy the work of the devil again. The response the Lord gives the person who asks for help is that he gives them revelation that Jesus already destroyed Satan's work. Everybody with me? Sometimes that leads you to a place like this right here, right now, where this is being said. And you think that's just my, that's like, who is that guy? What, who does he think he is? I don't think I'm anyone. But, but I tell you this, what I'm saying is not my idea. What I'm saying is the word of the Lord. And it's the answer for, for people who are crying out for help. The Lord says help. And he often will do this. He'll connect us to other people who have our answer. And then when we learn, oh, wait a minute, you mean I don't have to put, put up with this? You mean I have something to say about what happens in my body? You mean this is not, you mean I'm not just waiting on God to do it? You're not. But what's necessary is open eyes to see the revelation that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And he was successful. He did it. He stripped away his power. He knocked him out. Jesus, uh, well, this was said about Jesus in Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. So, so, so notice Jesus did good and good is healing. right? And what, it, what did he refer to healing as or the scriptures here? It referred to healing as demonic oppression or oppression of the devil. So when there is sickness and disease in someone's body, that could be defined as demonic oppression. All right. What should we do with that? Well, we should stop it. Right. Jesus went about doing this and then in his death, he dealt with it once and for all. And because he dealt with it once and for all, we can now do this. Jesus destroyed Satan's work. We enforce the victory in our own bodies. Amen. Let's look at one more place, uh, at least one more place. I usually don't like to preach real long on these nights, uh, but I have to give you this revelation so it sinks in and you get fighting mad. And you won't put up with junk in your life. It's in Acts chapter 22. Again, if you're new with us tonight, you're new to church, you may not even know your way around a Bible. That's why I'm having them put up all these scriptures on the screen as well, so... View it either way that you desire. In the book of Acts, uh, Acts 22, Paul was recounting the story of when he went to Jerusalem to preach and he got to speak for a minute, really, to the Jews, you know, not very long, and they all went into an uproar. And then he became a prisoner after that. And, and he was, he was uh, anyway, we want to pick up in verse 24. And it says the commander ordered him to be brought into the barracks and said that he should be examined under scourging so that he might know why they uh, shouted so against him. So the Romans and so forth, they're like, well, why is everyone so upset here? Why are they mad? 
well, get Paul in here and beat the pulp out of him until he tells us. That's what they mean by examined. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, they, and as they bound him with thongs, and I think that's different than what that means today. <laughs> you can do your own word study on that. Paul said to the centurion who stood by, is it lawful for you to scourge a man who is a Roman uncondemned? So get the picture. Paul's about to be scourged, whipped, beaten. He's, he's being tra treated like a criminal who's hiding something. And so they bind him up and he, he's about to take a beating. What should you do if you're about to take a beating unlawfully? You ought to try at least to speak up. <laughs> All right. And this was, this was just, he's just talking to the, this commander here. Uh, is it lawful for you to do this to a Roman? He has citizenship. And I haven't been condemned. He said, I didn't go to court. They didn't condemn me. They haven't have a judgment against me. And you're just going to do this to me? Is this okay? But when the centurion heard that, he went and told the commander saying, take care what you do for this man is a Roman. Then the commander came and said to him, tell me. Are you a Roman? He said, yes. <laughs> he said, yes. The commander answered, with a large sum, I obtained citizenship. And Paul said, I was born a citizen. Then immediately, those who were about to examine him, again, remember, with whips and stuff, withdrew from him. And the commander was also afraid after he found out that he was a Roman because he had bound him. So this is just talking about Paul using the civil laws that were afforded to him because he was a Roman citizen. He happened to be born as a part of that nation, so they were not allowed. With, with foreigners, they could beat the pulp out of them, right? That's kind of sad, but they, that's what they could do. But if they were a Roman, you see, they got afraid. They were like, what, 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 what? We're going to be, we're gonna be getting, getting our own beating if we beat him without, you know, proper judicial, you know, uh, process and so forth. Yeah. And so Paul spoke up. That was smart. I think most of us would do that in our civil society, right? We would do it in court or however, uh, whatever manner we were afforded. If we were being condemned and it was wrong, we were being wrongfully accused, we would say, no, I didn't do that. No, that's not correct. We'd hire lawyers or whatever we did. I'm not going to jail for that. I'm not paying a fine for that. I didn't do it. And we would do that. We wouldn't accept it. But here's the thing about, about uh, spiritual matters. Christians take a beating all day long and they're not supposed to. We think, uh, you know, I'm getting hit with disease and I'm getting hit with all these problems and this anguish and mental torment and the devil is ruining my life. And we're just like... Huh. Life is hard. You know, things happen. And uh, we just got to hold on to the end. And wait, 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 wait. Why don't you stand up for yourself? I'm talking about standing up for yourself in Christ and using what he has given you to overcome. Because the enemy, like I said earlier, he, comparing him to the thief, he will rob you all day long until you say, I'm not going to allow this anymore. And you know what? Ultimately, only I have the right to do that for me. 
Now, we can help each other on a temporary basis for a certain amount of time and help people get over some things, but in the long run, you have to know what belongs to you. You have to, you have to know what God has given you. And, and if healing is yours, if it belongs to you because of what Jesus did, that's just a fact. But it won't come into play and be realized, enjoyed, experienced unless you know about it. And when the thief comes in to steal your health, when the thief comes in to knock you upside the head with any kind of sickness or disease, it'll happen unless you stand up. Unless you decline it and say, no, thank you. <laughs> I'll not have one of those beatings today. Do you, do you see how, the, uh, it, I don't know if this is new to some, I'm sure it's new to some, and some of you know this quite well, but the, uh, the average Christian again today, they don't know anything about this, just because, not that it's, that it's their fault, uh, it's not being taught like it ought to be taught. And I'm just giving you a one message, we could go for weeks and weeks talking about this, but people don't know what they can do. They don't know the power that's in the name of Jesus and what He has given them, how He has given them the right to rule and reign in this life. Now, uh, just like Paul here would have taken a beating if he didn't speak up, we're going to take a beating if we don't speak up. And uh, some say, someone might think, well, I just think all these matters are up to God. I don't know if I agree with that. I think the Lord's in control of all these things. Well, th think about it, though. My friend, uh, the way that God moves is through people. You know that to be true. God just doesn't move independent of us. I mean, think of it this way. The, the scriptures tell us that, that Jesus is the head and we are the body. Okay, that's a picture of the kingdom, the body of Christ, we're called. But Jesus is the head. Does your head ever do anything without your body? Does your head ever go to the store and leave your body at home? You know, in other words, the head and the body, they function together. That's not only true of our physical bodies and that, that analogy, that's practically true in how God works with people. Jesus is the head and he's not doing things without his body. He's not doing things without me for, for my life and, and you for your life. He's the head means he's given the signals. He's given the direction. He's given us the, the information, but then we have to act. So if we say, I think this is up to the Lord, that's, you know, that's, how can I say that? That's simplistic. That's naive. Yeah. And we're thinking God's just going to do it without, without me. You know, part of me wants that because I like the couch. <laughs> Anybody with me? Give me a pizza and a couch. Lord, do your will. But that's not the way he created this. That's not the way he, it's a partnership. We work together with him. God provides, Jesus did the heavy lifting. He went to the cross. He undid all that Satan did, that he accomplished. But then he handed the keys to us and said, now why don't you act on my word? Take me at my promises. Come on, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Lay hands on the sick, they'll recover. Speak to your mountain and it'll be removed. Those, all those are our jobs. He gives the power. He, he, he provided. He gave us the engine, yeah. right? Filled the tank with gas. But we've got to get in there and start it up and step on it, yeah. right? We've got, to, we've got to participate with what the Lord has, has given us. And then we rise up in, in understanding and we overcome. Again, I said, sometimes when we call on the Lord, He answers us by giving us a word. 
We say, Lord, help me. And he says, this is how it works. And then he gets our mouth involved. He gets our faith involved. Then we make a connection with his power that's already been kind of, you know, flowing through the air. The signal's already been here. And we say, oh, that's been here this whole time. I just didn't know or I didn't know how to access it. But now I see how I do this. And you rise up in faith and you use your words and you use the position and place that God has given you in the earth, the right to rule and reign in this life. And now the enemy's plans are stopped. They're stopped. I tell you, the day you find this out, the days of Satan ruling you are over. The days of mental torment and anguish and depression and darkness, living with tumors or living with, uh, on medication are over. Why? Because your, how many know your body is not you? You don't even see me tonight. I'm way better looking than what you, <laughs> so are you. <laughs> what? You're just looking at my shell, my temp temporary housing, right? I I'm staying here, you know, I'm going to make it last as long as possible. And the real me is on the inside. On. The real you is on the inside. Yeah. This body, I, I know this body will be glorified. Yeah. And in eternity, we're all going to be super fit <laughs> and good looking. And, and, and you're going to like yourself. <laughs> yeah, because you, you attach the glory of God to your physical body. And every cell, you'll think, woo. Yeah, you'll be impressed with what the Lord did with you. But in the meantime, so what I'm saying is your body's not you, my body's not me, but I'm, I, I'm responsible for it. I, I'm responsible for it like I'm responsible for my house, my, my you know, house that I live in. In other words, if, if I go in there and I find, uh, you know, I remember years ago uh, when, the, when the house was first built, there was a little gap in the ceiling and there was a bird in the attic. And I could hear it, and there were some other issues there too, but uh, a lack of insulation. Uh, and we could hear something going, tick, 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 tick. <laughs> like, what is that? Well, how many know we took steps to end that problem? <laughs> to get that bird out and to seal it off so where that couldn't happen anymore. That's my house. I'm not allowing the bird just to come in there. You know, or if you left a door open and maybe the neighborhood, dogs and cats or something, or. <laughs> a mouse or anything like that came in your house, you would take steps to say, absolutely not. This is my house. I decide who comes in here. Let alone, if it's a person, if it's a person, a stranger, we come home and there's some stranger in our house. <laughs> Better have a good reason, right? You don't just come in here unannounced and uninvited, right? I'm responsible for that house. I'm keeping the bad guys out. I'm responsible for this house. You're responsible for that house. The good news is God authorized you to take care of it. And you can, you can using the word of God, the name of Jesus, and the, the fact that Satan's been defeated. You can, you have the ability right here, right now to drive out Satan's works. To drive out all the effects of sin and darkness and, and, and all this garbage that he tries to throw our way. You have the right. Get it out. Amen. If you need to get aggressive, then say, get. I don't mean it's all about volume, but it, when you know what belongs to you, 
You shouldn't be, shouldn't be okay with some kind of disease living in you. You can be annoyed at that and upset with that and say, what is this? What is this? The Lord, the Lord messing with me. I like, uh, it's kind of like uh, Pastor Mickey mentioned this uh, uh, during the offering on Sunday about his friend who had, who, uh, had his car stolen. And, and, and he, his friend, the first thing he did when he found out his car was stolen, he said, Lord, they got your car. <laughs> yeah. It was like, they got my car, they got your car. This is your, this is your problem. What are we going to do? What's going to happen here? In one sense, how many know our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. If the devil's messing with your body, he's messing with God's body. Yeah. This, my, my body belongs to him. Yeah. Once you get saved, you, you belong to the Lord. You know, not this worldly thought, well, it's my body, I can do anything I want with it. Well, no, it's not your body anymore. It's the Lord's body. Amen. But he put you in charge to get bad stuff out. How, how could he require that of us or ask that of us if he didn't give us the ability to do it? Amen? Amen. So let me try to finish. <laughs> I preach way too long. <laughs> this won't take long. What are you going to do about that physical problem? How long are you going to let it exist in your body? How long are you going to permit Satan to steal your health? Hallelujah. God gave you that body. Now command it to be healed. Remember when Jesus said, he was teaching faith in Mark chapter 11. Remember he said, Assuredly I say unto you, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be removed, be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says will come to pass, he will have whatever he says. Anything about God in there? Come on. Come on. Whoever says to the mountain. God's not talking to the mountains. It's our job. If we say, get, if we don't doubt what we say, we'll get whatever we say. Here's what I'm saying. God wants to partner with you. Yes, he's providing the, the, the punch. He's providing the power. Jesus provided the redemption. But we've got to speak. Amen. We've got to deal with these things that come against us. Amen. And this is a long-term plan, by the way. This is not a quick fix, because this works in the middle of the night. This works, you know, if you get healed and then later a symptom comes back. Anyone ever had that happen? Symptom comes back or the thing tries to get back on you. Well, you just do what you did before. You do it again. Say, oh, no, absolutely not. Did I accidentally leave the door open? Get out. Amen.